Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away, though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book. And don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the Welcome show. Welcome back to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. You're, we're here with the regulars. My name is Ola, and I'm here with Betty. Hello. Hello. And George. Hi. 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 How are you? Good, thank you. Haven't seen you guys in two hours. I know, it's been so long. It's been great. It's been so long, yeah. Feels like a lifetime. I know, and we have a guest today, which we're very excited about. Welcome, Lulu Moore. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. I've been uh, looking forward to us too. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Fully thought you were an American there for a bit when we contacted you we were like okay we're gonna have to work it out so that she can contact us on saturday because of the books that you write but no you're another brit who writes about americans so us being confused again a lot of people think i'm american unless i know although i do to be fair do still get some reviews that like this is there's way too many english words in this like well i don't know what they are but um what uh yeah but um what cupboard? I thought it was on? super American for you to actually know baseball rules. I was like, this bitch knows her shit. Like, I was very confused. I was like, how much research did you go into it to know <laughs> oh baseball? God, and you baseball. went into baseball. I mean, I have a lot of help on the baseball. I've been watching it for about 18 months, like properly watching it and reading and reading and reading and reading. And I follow like a lot of baseball journalists. And I had like, I get the the whole um like the scene setting and all of that stuff but um I have it all properly double and triple checked over just lingo just like the way that they talk about home runs stuff that I just don't know but people are avid baseball fans and they are very quick to point out to me when something isn't right yeah, because I was fine. reading it thinking, yeah, she's American. There's not a single time where we've ever gotten an author's time zone correct. By the way, this is a girls who read porn thing. We always get them incorrect. So I was like, yeah, no, she's American. Like, we'll work it out. Because when I was reading the books, obviously, I was like, holy crap. Like, you went into a lot of detail about the sp- American sports. And I was like, so obviously. But, you know, probably should have asked. Well, um, I appreciate okay. that. I appreciate that. But then... um. <laughs> I mean, uh, there are so many times. I mean, there are so many times in the states, aren't there? We only have one in the UK, so we're okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. so let's get into it. So let's talk about what originally got you into writing romance. Oh my god! So I never was anyone that aspired to write romance. Like it's not my background. I used to read it a bit when I was a kid and or a teenager. Um, and I read a bit more in lockdown, but it was not my thing. And then I was on holiday in Mykonos in 2020. I think it was just as um, things were starting to open up a little bit after, like at, in that September of lockdown. And I had this dream about, I had this dream about these people meeting on the street in New York. Um, and it basically that I woke up in the morning and 
was like, oh, I'm just going to write this down. And I just wrote it up in notes in my phone. And um, I kept thinking about it for the rest of the time that I was away. When I got back, I like copied and pasted it all into Word. And I'd written like 30,000 words. And um, that was Jasper. That was my very first book. And I basically was like, okay, I'm just going to see your first goes, book on iPhone notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I wrote like. Green Rivers writing out by hand, you writing in Apple iPhone notes. Like, this is shocking. Well, you just don't really realize how much you've written until you do it. And I still write in notes. I mean, now not so much, but when I was working, I would be commuting into work and I would just sit and like get my notes out of my phone and just like type up a thousand words and then just stick it in somewhere or and obviously it would get tidied and things but it's just a really easy way of add it like getting stuff down that you've got in your head um but yeah that that was my first book and I I I got back that was the set that was the September October beginning of October time and I thought oh, I'm just gonna I mean nothing's written you know it was still lockdown so nothing was much was open and um my weekends were quite free. So I just thought I just use my weekends to just sort of write it because I just got so bored watching TV and other stuff. And then I investigated getting onto Amazon and then found a cover designer and just put it up on Amazon. Like I never did anything with it. It was never, no one knew I'd written it. No one, it was never edited. Like nothing like that. I just, thought oh I'm just gonna this, this can't be too hard like you must just be able to just do it like this it was more of a, like a, an experiment for myself and then because I didn't tell anyone like I didn't ever think anyone was gonna but how would anyone find it like there were a like what how many books on 100 million books on Amazon why would anyone find it yeah so I and I, and I think so I put it up and it was Christmas that was Christmas 2020. So it took me a couple of months to write it. And then um, I started my Instagram because at that point I didn't know any authors. Like I didn't have an Instagram account, like a book Instagram. So, um, and it kind of spiraled quite quickly because obviously Christmas, no one's got anything to do. So between Christmas and New Year, so many people were reading it. I was like, who are these people? Like, what, how have they even found it? Like, how, how I was convinced that Amazon had put me on this algorithm that was not right. Like, I shouldn't have been on it because so many people were suddenly like <laughs> reading this book. And I'm getting, yeah, you've got a lot of reviews really on the first it. book. Oh, yeah. Like, but no one knew, like, yeah. no one knew who I like, yeah, was. Yeah, so many. Put in. Yeah. Yeah, no one knew who I was, so I just thought, oh, shit, I really need to get it edited, or, like, it ne- it needs a lot of tidying up. The story was there, but it was just, you know, you can't write 100,000 words and everyone's everything is correct, like, because my brain works too quickly, like, I'm always missing out words, and, um, like, shit, I need to get it edited, and then, at that point, I was like, oh, maybe I'll try writing one of the other characters and then I started to plot it out and they and it sort of snowballed from there really it's like the most British way 
It's literally the most British way to, to publish a book. Yeah. Just, I guess just I'll have a go. Give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I feel like really Australians are very similar. I didn't tell anyone. Still, I feel like Australians like, and New Zealanders are so similar in that sense. They're like, yeah, we'll give it a crack if it happens. Yeah, like, happens. why not? If like, we're all very it. similar. Like, Australians and Brits yeah. and New Zealanders, we are very similar. So I was very. like, well, why not? Like, who cares? Like, no one's going to read it. But, and I was asked for the podcast. Like, <laughs> like, nobody's going to listen to this shit. Like, who... Yeah, it's crazy. But but also like, who you're never gonna know if you don't try. And I literally didn't give a shit whether it worked. Like it was something to do because mm. it was you know everything's just so boring at that point. And um, I think I gave a lot of people anxiety when they found out, like within the book world, because they were like, "What the fuck? Like, you haven't got it edited on the side. Like, <laughs> like have you done it? Like, people were freaking out. I was like, I don't care." Um, and um, it did take me a while to find an editor, like a decent editor, and then everything else is done now. But I'm still now only at the point where I've decided to get like proper beta readers in, because I my editor sees everything, but I very much have like a, the control of everything, and it's like now I'm having to relinquish some of that. Um, but that, yeah, that's about it. And we're what is it? We're two years, nearly two and a half years into it. That's that's like the best story we've had. We've interviewed so many authors. (laughs) It just it hits home for us, I think, because that's how we started the podcast. We were like, eh, like if we have a hundred people listening, we've made it. Like we've always said that from the beginning. Like we're just doing it for ourselves, and then somebody will find us and laugh. And in the first week, I think we had something like a hundred and fifty, and we were like, "Where? Who are these people? Yeah, like, who are these what? weird people? Why, Why are they listening to us? I know, <laughs> like, where are you? And what happened? And why are you here? Like, we don't understand what's happening right now. And then it just kind of snowballed from there, and we were like, "What? Like." hello, why are you there? Like, we're still <laughs> a little bit confused by the whole thing. Um, so I think and it is, is there a, a little very, bit of like, judgment as well? Answer. And it's like, why are you listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that. Like, why are you reading this? Yeah. yeah. It's like, we, we know who we are and loud. we're not that interesting. No. This is why do you care? I think it definitely got worse it gets worse when we interview authors like it's because we're like why do you want to be on our show like you're an author (laughs) with like all these books and this talent and you're letting us talk to you what are you doing just talk shit like we just talk absolute trash (laughs) (laughs) you have amazing authors on here Mate, we had TL Swan on it and we were like, what the fuck just happened? We were so (laughs) confused with that whole thing. And in the first year, in the first year, we got Anna Huang on and we were like, what is going on? Like, what what universe are we in right now? (laughs) But you know what? I think it's like, it's a, it's a just, it's different. It's a different medium. It gets you actually talking to human beings instead of just like yeah. Instagram. And, do you know what I mean? And I think it's so refreshing. I think it's really lovely. I mean, TL Swan is Australian, so she's going to have an affiliation with I you guys anyway. And there's going to be that like, it's just so lovely and like cozy. And and that's how I feel yeah. as well, because 
so much as American and, and, and I'm not knocking any of that. Like I love America and I love Americans, but it's nice to have someone that kind of is a little bit more leaning towards the way that you understand stuff and see stuff and read stuff. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. The yeah. first time we had an author on, we'll get back on track soon, but our first author was Jade West and our first episode I think went for three hours. We were talking to her because we were so excited to have a Brit on who like understood us and we were like, we can talk forever. And then after oh the episode God. finished, we talked to her for like two hours. We couldn't get enough of it. Oh so, my God, I love that. Yeah, it's really exciting and we're all very lucky and it's incredible that your books have done so well and they are incredible books. So I read... Drew, The Show, and The Third Baseman. That's what you recommended. Is that you like right? I hope I read the right ones. Oh my yeah, fucking yeah. God. They were so, and I like that you've, I like that you know your books well enough that you recommended one from each series that like made sense to read in that way. And I felt like I understood the whole thing. So I definitely recommend them. But we'll talk about The Third Baseman soon. But getting back to you and everything about you, Lulu. Um, are there any authors who have influenced you into writing? Like, is there anyone that you're looking out at the moment and you just thought, I love this person? Um, there are definitely authors, I think, in terms of the way they conduct themselves and the way that they are so sweet to people and so engaging and present. Um, there are definitely authors like that, like Elsie Silversbury, present and she's very thoughtful with her posts like she's she's really supportive and sweet um I really love um Emily McIntyre and um and Candy Steiner the way that they um they're, they, the, the way that they create their content I just think they're so brilliant and funny and 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 really engaging in terms of writing to be honest I just don't read anymore like I've never I just don't have time I don't and I, by the time I get into bed, I've got a chapter and then I fall asleep, like if that. And um, it gets quite hard to read to, and then not have that in your head while you're writing at the same time. Because I'm always writing now and I don't want to be influenced by other, the way that other people are writing. So I just, I just Swan don't Star read anymore. Swanstar said the exact same thing. Who did? Swanstar, T.L. Swan. She said Swan. that she didn't um, want to be influenced by anyone. And it's shocking because, like, <clears throat> recently we read Gothicana and somebody sent me a blurb for another book and it was the exact same book just with a different title. And I was like, these authors should not be reading similar books <laughs> so that they actually have their own ideas. So that's a really interesting way that's of doing it. That's a good point. We never even think about it like that. Off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there have definitely been instances. I mean... There's a lot of, you know, books like romance and drama, isn't there? And there's always something that comes out every month about one book that's got exactly the same paragraphs in and another one. And But the, it's so hard and you have to really make the effort to just remove yourself from it, which means then you're not really, you have to figure out other ways to support authors that you love. And um there are definitely books that I've read that have been in the early days that were almost like carbon copies of another book, which I just find wild because like, if you know that another book so well, like what are you, why would you not try and make it as different as possible? <laughs> so I just don't read. The, the last thing I read, to be fair, the last thing I read was Akatar, the, the, 
I got to book four, the orange one, I think, whatever the book four is. And that took me five months. So, I mean, they are really long, but that was um, that was the last thing I read. But also, like, her books are nothing like mine. So, oh, yeah, they're, like, super I, fantasy. That they, you, you couldn't even pretend yeah. to... You can't even tri- like get even close to copying them. It would be really bizarre if I mean, you had a fairy brain, in like, your books all of a sudden. Amazing, yeah, 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 totally. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah, in terms of writing, I don't know. I read when in lockdown. I at the very beginning, I think it was even right before lockdown started. It must have been, yeah, the beginning of twenty twenty, and I was flying to Canada, and I just downloaded some stuff on my Kindle which at that point was um, full of, like, uh, biographies and stuff. Uh, but for some reason, that um, I downloaded a Helena Hunting book, which was the... Oh, Pucked. Series. Yeah, Pucked and the, series, first yeah. Book, the, the first book in that is, the, is Violet, who is um, who I actually love, but I remember having to start that book about four times. And then I got into it and I read them all and I read her newer ones, the ones, those crossover ones that are based in Seattle. Yeah. And then I think that's probably what kind of got me thinking more about romance. And um, Into hockey? Because um, that's your first series, right? Is hockey. Yeah, I wrote, so I've got a hockey series. I wrote four of those books and they were four that I'd planned out at which point I'd always wanted to do something different because I wanted to challenge myself. I just thought, well, I could just keep writing hockey, but what's the point? I wanted to, I, I wanted to build more of a world. And so I had the, the, the Tuesday Club trilogy planned out as the next series and those three books. And they're very different to the hockey books, but they're all interlinked. I have a world that is all connected and then they lead into the, um, New York Lion Baseball. series because the New York Lion series was never supposed to be baseball, it was going to be football. But when Drew came out, people lost their shit over Jupiter Reeves. Like, just I, I was getting so many messages about I'm not him. surprised because he's Everyone so was, grumpy. Well, he oh my god, he so grumpy. Like, yeah, he but is, he... but he wasn't ever like, go on. And literally tattooed up to his eyeballs, like from his dick to his eyeballs, covered in tattoos. This guy. Yeah. Like the explanation is so yeah. hot. I'm I not surprised him. that people lost their shit. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not into tattoos really, but I just thought it would be really fun to just, you know, almost like a David Beckham style, like yeah. everywhere, like a little bit of space for a, yeah. a bit of skin stick a tattoo on it and um but he was never called to anything except emerson's brother but people properly lost their shit over him and yeah i was like oh maybe i should change things up a bit so i changed my plans and the baseball team that penn inherits was going to be a football team and then it became a baseball team and jupiter reeves then came to play for it but that was like Tell the book came out in March, but I was planning that about eighteen months ago. I had it all written okay. down. I had quite a lot of it written down. The storyline is something else, though. I really enjoy it. So you have to read the show so that the storyline like fully goes into um, Jupiter Reeves' 
book, which is The Third Baseman. Tell us a little bit about The Third Baseman. Give us a bit of a background on it, a bit of a synopsis. So The Third Baseman is about Jupiter. Jupiter reads. He's one of the best baseball third basemen in history, current history, best, base, best third baseman of his time. And he's played for the Dodgers for his entire career. He's from California. He's only ever wanted to play for the Dodgers. And um, he, when he was at school, was um, in a relationship with Marnie. Absolutely loved her. She loved him. She was uh, a couple of years younger than him and a budding um, astrophysicist. She was obsessed with space. She wanted to go and work at NASA. She didn't want to be an astronaut. She wanted to study movement. She wanted to study the stars, um, learn how to build rockets. So she basically wanted to be a rocket scientist. And she was supposed to study at MIT and he was going to be at the Dodgers. They were then obviously going to be this a massive, massive um, long distance relationship. And it kind of all went a bit tits up and he broke up with her just after he got drafted. And that's the very beginning of the book. And then fast forward 14 years later, she's been having a bit of a midlife crisis. Um, she's realized that blocking Jupiter out of her life after she broke up with her hasn't helped her at all. And she has um, had a bit of a meltdown at work. She needed a bit of a change, at which point Penn Shepherd, who is the owner of the New York Lions, the worst team in um, the major league, has come to Houston to offer her a job. She just accepts it because he offers her a million dollar salary to start with. But um, she's also like, I need a change. I need to get out of my headspace. I'm going to go to see what this new challenge is. And he wants her to basically help build this, the science behind baseball. And, this, and, and there's a lot of interest. Like, I find it really interesting anyway in terms of, like, the science behind sport. It's not just... Yeah, I was actually shocked that you came up with all of that shit. I was like, the 1% percenter club was crazy. Oh, no, the 1%, like... Pro, the one, like 1%, the 1 program is, like, that is tried and tested. Like, that is a... <gasps> that's a oh, that's a real thing. I was like, shit, you yeah, came like, up with something. I in um in 2012 i'll give you a bit of background to the one percent program i don't you i don't know if you'll know him, but dave beresford who was the premier for the british cycling team at the beginning do you know do you know him have you heard of him he's um in uh must have been like 2010 ish british cycling was just like shit and just really really terrible and he took over he was like right we need to change this up we need to improve everything by one percent and this was this went down to things like the team, the whole team truck was painted white so they could see the dust. The every, all the players, um, all the cyclists took their own pillows with them wherever they travelled. They had their own mattresses wherever they travelled, so they had the same sleep pattern. Their bikes were everything was um, cleaned in the same way. The their sleep was kept on the same schedule no matter where they travelled in the world, like that kind of thing. Everything was improved by one percent, and the theory behind it is that. If you make these tiny improvements, overall the improvement will be massive. And suddenly in 2012, they like swept the Olympics gold. Like they won gold everywhere and they just came out of nowhere. And then he was, I think he was doing something with the Tour de France as well. And he, that his, the 
there was something around like some of the cyclists were just suddenly winning out of nowhere and people got really suspicious there was a lot of drug testing and it was nothing it was basically down to, just down to these marginal gains and I remember when we won everything and then we and we just kept getting better and better and I just used to read about so much and I, I find it really fascinating but it's not a thing really in other I've not seen it in other sports and I just thought it'd be quite a fun thing to have for this because I like to try and like make things a little bit more interesting than just I need to make her believable like she was a she's got this background in, in astrophysicists like I needed to make her be able to apply that into real life but yeah but it, I mean, it is super interesting you should definitely read up on it on Dave Beresford he is um he is an interesting fellow um, but yeah, that's basically it. Like, she, yeah, Penn wanted to come and help because the New York Lions is widely known as the worst team in baseball, and he needed to get them winning. He plowed a lot of money into it, and as part of that, he basically created a whole new team. And he went to meet Jupiter. He had he's a Penn's background is that he is a massive baseball fan, like obsessed with baseball since he was a kid. Jupiter Reeves was his favourite player and he'd always wanted to get him to come to New York. Um, Jupiter never would because he never he never wanted to leave the Dodgers. And But at that point in Jupiter's life, he had decided that everyone around him, like his sister and his friends, they were all settling down. He'd never forgotten about Marnie, like he loved her so much. But he didn't know where she was. And Penn comes from an incredibly wealthy family, but he had the resources to be able to find her and so Jupiter said to him I will come to the Lions on the proviso that you find Marnie and offer her a job and bring her there as well Penn's like shit how am I going to do that and so figures it out for himself but then goes to um goes to see her like hounds her and hounds her and hounds her and then she agrees and that was it and then just like shit, Marley's in New York now. I need to do something about this. And they get together after quite a lot of pounding. And then, but the but um, <laughs> the grovel is deep. Pardon? The grovel. The grovel is well, deep. Well, I think the grovel yeah. is pretty deep. But then a lot of people have said that he nowhere near groveled as much as he should have done, which I thought was also quite interesting. Like it's been ninety really, percent I've, of I've the really book is him groveling. Yeah, they feel like he in no way groveled anywhere near enough. He should have groveled way more. And a lot of people have really hated the manipulation of him, like him being incredibly manipulative. But I never really saw it like that because at, at all of these points, while he while he did only say to Penn that he would go to the Lions if he found Marnie, she was fully capable of saying no for that job like she didn't have to come like he's not I don't think he's manipulated to the extent that a lot of people feel but I mean you know you can't like you you can't please everyone no not at all and you know everyone's entitled to their own opinion but that's just not how I I mean he is manipulate he has technically manipulated a system but he's not done it there's no malice there and you know Marnie's clever enough for her to be able to say like fuck off I don't want no thanks like she could have turned that job down he hasn't forced her to leave the circumstances led to the fact that she was ready to go and she needed a change and it just happened to be at the same time 
Yeah, I feel yeah, like there's a definitely a difference between manipulating a situation and manipulating a person. Like, he, although he might have manipulated the situation to, like, be in close proximity with her, he didn't manipulate her as an individual. Yeah, he definitely manipulated the situation, because otherwise, how was he going to get there? Exactly, which is, like, completely different. Like, fine, it's kind of romantic. <laughs> yeah, also, it's, like, romance, man. Like, Betty. <laughs> I mean, it's not. I can't have, like... There's only a, there's only a finite amount of realism that I can put in the book. <laughs> there needs to be something. There. Okay, so out of all of your books, which one is your favourite so far? Um, my favourite is the Soup, which is the second book in the Tuesday Club. It's an enemy to lovers. It's like proper, like with hate, Balua? Hate. Uh, Beulah, that- yeah. Eula. Okay, I didn't know how to pronounce yeah. it. It's a beautiful... Where did you come up with that name, by the way? Um, I was wondering well, that. Randomly, it's um, it's an underwear brand that I... It's like a London-based underwear brand, which is like does this really cute, like, knickers, um, like, really, really pretty, pretty. And, um, and then when I w- was... Because so many people hate the name I get I mean I get so many messages that like this is the shit this is the shittest name it's really put me off the book I'm like mate like it's like this is such a weird message and also like how emotional have you got over just something that is so it's like going up to someone telling them that how that they hate their kids name I just find it so I find that sort of criticism weird it's like isn't like why do you care that much but I don't know but also um, like, if you that, really wanted to read the book you could change the name in your head you can just change it you don't have to read you can just I mean, call it whatever you want <laughs> i know i just I, it's, I just found it it's it's very odd i was on um it's a bit of a tangent here one of uh the secret which is the first book is being recorded at the moment for audio and and the Ooh. narrator was doing a live recording yesterday on tiktok and she was reading out like chatting like reading a book and the characters names come up some people are writing i hate this name i hate this name so i was like mate i can see you you understand i'm on this podcast like it was so weird but i was like okay fine whatever um but um i thought it was when really I was cool Hula, i basically have a list of names that i always wanted to call my kids if i ever had them like it's really long and um, so i picked all my names from there and um i beulah i always really loved and then when I was writing it, I, I Googled it. And there's this tiny little town or tiny village in Mississippi uh, called Beulah, which was perfect for the storyline and her background. Um, and so, I, yeah, I kept it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That uh, is uh, the weirdest so, story for a name. It's a say that again. <laughs> weirdest story for a name. Like a lingerie <laughs> story. <laughs> I know it's it's really cute it's like they just do really like pretty um like handmade like silk knickers and bras really sweet sweet it's called Beulah check it out yeah that's such a nice name so I had it written down for quite a long time like before I started writing I think I just had this page in my like notes that was just like loads of girls names it's really long um so all my (laughs) names have come from there Random. Um, but, um, so are there yeah. any sex scene 
Are there any sex scenes in any books that you're particularly proud of or you love the most? What's your favourite smut scene? That I've written? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that I've written. What's my favourite smut scene yeah. I've written? Okay, um, um, uh, think, JT Gessinger wrote which one's your favourite um, um, <laughs> sorry um, the, there's one in the suit that I really love which is um, the first time they have sex because they basically like Rafe who is the MMC stormed over to her offices because she's basically he sent a restraining order and she basically sent him back being like fuck off and um, he stormed around to her and was like yelling at her. And then they suddenly like snap and have sex against the bookshelf. And like all the books just like flying. And I like, just, because he's like pounding her so hard. Um, I like that one. And then. Um, if we ask one... an American a question like this, they're like, you know, the one in chapter two, like seven sentences down, you're like, yeah, he was pounding her. Like, I love America. I love Brits and Australians, man. We don't fuck around, hey. Um, <laughs> Just tell us and everything. Then, I know, this is like Friday morning as well, so uh, I'm just doing coffee. <laughs> um, then um, there is a scene, you'll know it then if you read through, you know, um, he basically like, He's basically like fucking her tit. Oh, yes, I do actually. <laughs> I do you remember? That. I actually thought, wow, that's that's a lot for like. It's not like a dark novel or anything, but then like I was like, is he gonna like shove his dick in her mouth while he's fucking her tits? And then all of a sudden, I can't it just remember how it. From, I can't remember. I do. It went from like zero to a hundred, like real fast. And I was like, wow, I was not expecting it to be this smutty for the type of book it is. Like it was really like. Yeah, it's quite smutty that one. I never really realized how smutty it was, but for me it was like, some people have said it's too smutty, but um, I felt it. Who are these people? Who who are all of these people? They need to like not read. If they've got these problems. Someone wrote, I think, I can't remember which book it was. Someone wrote a review that was like, this book is, basically nothing happens in this book except hockey and sex. Like, mate, it's a hockey romance. What do you want it to say? Like, I don't oh know. God. What were you reading? <laughs> um, so <those are laughs> our favourite reviews. Whenever somebody reviews a book one star and it's like, this is filthy. Like, nobody should read something like this. We're like, all right, let's go. Like, we're ready to start. <laughs> Um, there is a one-star reviewer who I sometimes, if I'm having a bit of a shit day, I'll look her up because her one-star, she exclusively gives one-star reviews. She does like maybe like 20 or 30 a day. I thought she was a robot, but she isn't. Her name's Marika. Um, she basically just reviews books as one-stars, but sometimes she reviews one-stars and her reasoning is like, this book's got too many one-stars. So it gives her one star. And then <laughs> we need to get her one. to the podcast. Who is this person? Oh my god, it is wild. There was this one there was this one review. Let me see if I can find it because it's Can you it's send hilarious. me her like, name through our chat? Because I definitely want to look up Yeah, I'll, I'll have That's to send you amazing. a link to some of her stuff. Because it just cracks me up. Let me just see if I can find this one one star review that is like she's um here we go 
The H didn't act realistic at all. When she sees the other alien guys who want to kill them, she immediately gets the gun and shoots them and once shows them who's boss. Excuse me, but every normal human being wouldn't be doing that. I would run the fuck away screaming when seeing aliens with guns coming at me. I don't know what she thinks of it. I like it when the character's relatable. <laughs> <laughs> alien romance. <laughs> not relatable. She's, honestly, she's wild. I genuinely thought she was a robot because of the reasons that she was giving. And she's, she does like 31 stars a day. It's so funny. Like, there's she's like actually talking goals. about the books. Like, like she, yeah, so she, she must be reading reading. Them. I don't know. I honestly don't. Well, she doesn't read the ones that have got one stars. Too many one stars. She's one star. <laughs> <laughs> she one star reviews. It's wild. It's wild. Um, what I was going to say was the have one. Have you gotten one from that, her yet? Yeah, that's how I found her. Um, oh, my God, you're famous. You made it. Yes, yes I was her. just about to say she you made starred, it. She one starred through, and I can't remember what their reason was, something like. Um, Something like um, there wasn't enough about Las Vegas in it or something. Because Drew meets her, in Las his, Vegas, um, yeah. Yeah. So you did the prequel but, um, for that? Yeah. I did an extended one after. It was about a year later because I wanted to – I'd written it and then I wanted to kind of give back to people, like give it back to people because people love Drew so much. Like Drew's got a massive – Fan, like fan base. I'm not surprised. He's the most sunshiny, sunshine man ever. Oh my god, he's so, so he's cute. Like he is filthy. Oh, what I was gonna say was yeah. that sex scene. So many people messaged me and was like, "I've tried this with my husband. I've tried this with my boyfriend. Like, I've been doing it." I was like, great. It's wild. That's it. people. You Do you know what we like, said this? Amazing. The first one star we got, we were like, we made it. Like somebody gives enough of a fuck to hate us. Yeah. That's how you know you've made it is when you get like the one star reviews. I said that to someone the other day that three star reviews pissed me off more than a one star. Because the three oh, star sure. is like, meh. Like at least a one star, someone hated it so much that you've given it emotion. You've given like, whereas a three star is like, meh, it's forgettable. I'd rather have a one star than a three star. I can say that. But you learn from one um, star, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like one star means that like people give too much of a fuck about you. Like, I don't know. We've too only much got one. Effort. We've only got one one star review, and I'm pretty and sure. And who it's my gave us that? I was about to say. <laughs> no, we've actually got two. We've got two one-star reviews. One of them is your ex-boyfriend. The other one is a stranger. And I had like a meltdown about the stranger one. With America. I fucking hope Probably. So. I hope so. It would be so worth it. It would be so worth it. She's comedy gold. She um, really is. I need, I need her link so that I can find her on Goodreads. Is it Amazon or Goodreads that she does it on? Um, it's on Goodreads. I'll, send, I'll find her now and send it to you. Yeah, fucking A. Um, if you could pick one of your characters to be with in real life, who would it be and why? To be with, as in like a girlfriend? A boyfriend or girlfriend, whichever way you want to go. Oh no, like as in like on this to be with as in they would be my boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, this time is really bad. If you um, want to choose a girl, free, feel free. Like we no, fucking No, no, no. I, 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 um... I think I kind of like 
I kind of like Murray. Um, probably Drew or Murray. Maybe Jasper. I think Cooper would probably get punched to the face pretty swiftly. Um, <laughs> just, um, just don't think I'd have the patience for him. Um, I feel like I Murray's would knock the sweet. fuck out of Jupiter. Yeah, like, I, I would I, knock I him probably, out because he's such a shit. Yeah, and and it's it's weird, isn't it? Like there was like some of my characters, like if they ever spoke to me like that, that I would they would get a swift punch, like yeah. But people love it. But I think um, in reality, if someone actually came up to you and ordered you around there, like you'd be like fuck off. <laughs> like you just wouldn't you know what I mean like, like fuck off but um yeah I, I think Jasper's very very sweet he totally loves I have these guys that just are so obsessed with like, women but in like a cute way um Jasper Jasper Drew, is very sweet I think maybe probably Murray not like Penn's maybe a bit Listen, you're annoying. creating a reverse harem here you're creating a fucking <laughs> I know, cards. I know, I know. I, like I, you can't just have one. I'll go with Murray. I'll go with Murray. Murray yeah. You can That'll have a flock of cocks if you want. We're not against it. I'm just saying, like, mm. you know, you can't make up your mind. Have all of them. No, I feel like with reverse harems, no one ever really discusses the uh, logistics of, like, getting a yeast infection. You know, that is a lot. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> My logistics are about laundry. Mine is about Say laundry. That again. My logistics are about laundry. Like, who the fuck is going to do all the laundry for all these people? And who's going to cook? And who's going to fucking find a house that can fit five people in one fucking room? Not a bad beginner. Lulu? Yeah, you'd have to, like, get get furniture, like, specially made. Like, do you you go in? Like, do you, like, take a a portion? Do you pay a portion of the specially made giant bed that you need? Like, how does this work? Yeah, what happens if you break up? Do you have to buy them out of the bed? Yeah. Oh my god, Betty. What if you just break up one person but not the rest of them? You know, like, it's terrible. I terrible. Yeah, there's just, there are just logistics in those books that you, no one ever really thinks about. And it's probably because they're not that sexy, but sometimes it's just like, whoa. There was one that I saw that was like 12 mountain men and me. And it's like, hey, Oh my god, I read that. It was awful. <laughs> I was like, how are you, like, that is hours of work. Like, you are literally just lying in front of it all day. Like, that is fair, hours once, and hours of stretching. I one starred that book. I one starred that book. Oh, you did it. They didn't mention, I did. They didn't mention the laundry. They didn't mention the laundry. No, it was the most bizarre book. Like, they, I'm not going to go into it, but it was like, I'll, I'll explain it to you. Did you read it? <laughs> No, I just remember. Okay, I'll explain it to you later so that you understand how the 12 men work, but they're all brothers. (laughs) Oh, God. I know, it was really bad. I mean, I I think that always trips me up. Actually, to be fair, they're pretty funny because they're just so bizarre. Um, (laughs) Do you guys know Chuck Tingle? What? What? Oh, my God. What did you say? Oh my god, <laughs> Chuck Tingle. No. What are, so, what are the Chuck words of Chuck like Tingle? Chuck Tingle. Chuck. Chuck Tingle. Oh, okay. No, I don't know. What so that he is. writes these books. There's this whole like 
cult underground following that he's got and people genuinely think that he is um oh shit what's chris pine they think it's chris pine writing these books <laughs> and the, the titles of these books are things like my billionaire dinosaur boyfriend oh my god i've heard of this getting fucked up the ass like that is yes. literally the title of the book but there doesn't yeah. need to be any blurb because the whole blurb is the title but he goes into like all these these things there was one that was like the library card that i fell in love with like it's yes so i know what you're weird. talking about it's so weirdly written oh my the god they are that so I funny or like something. yeah yeah, yeah. this one is yeah yeah donald, like, <laughs> donald um, trump pounded in the butt by the handsome russian t-rex who also peed on his butt and then blackmailed him with the video of his butt getting peed on yes like that's the title <laughs> it's so specific <laughs> Like there's no need for any blurb because it's just there. Oh my god, that's but amazing! If you, if you probably like deep dive into him, there's a whole like blog post. There's there's a whole underground following that he's got. Like people really, really like are into into finding out who he is. And there's a theory that it's Chris Pine. Oh, that's so funny. Um, you know the guy. So, do in, you like, have any plans for your next book, Wonder Woman? Anyway. Yeah, it's wild. Sorry, my the light is driving nuts. But anyway, that's it's so funny. Some of the books are hilarious. They're so random. Um, so what are the plans for your next book? So I imagine that they they go off the third basement and are we gonna see Ace next? Like who are we seeing next? Yeah, so my next book that's out is actually um the fifth book in the hockey series, and that's end of June. I'm just wrapping that up at the moment. And then the next faithful book uh, is going to be probably September. Um, and that is Ace. Um, it's a one, no, it's a Friends with Benefits reverse age gap. I was going to say, because he's yeah, quite young and fun. he obviously liked the older chicks in this book. So, yeah, he's going to be with Peyton, who is. Um, one of the like group of girls. I think she in, was just brought know, into it in the last one. Yeah, so she's in the first Tuesday Club book. Um, her best friend is Kit, who ends up with Murray. So she's in those Tuesday Club books quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but uh, she's going to be uh, the the main one, and that that had always been planned. And then after um, Ace's book is going to be the next baseball book and that will be out probably December time I think jeez you're on a mission busy year nice yeah yeah it's, it's a busy year but the, I just have them there and like it doesn't take me a huge amount of time to write them so I can just like get them get them down really and I, and I, and I really enjoy doing it and then I have a few planned for next year already like the baseball series will continue but there are a few other things in the, in the planning and all my audio is being done as well at the same time, which is great, which I'm really excited about. So the plan is next year to get to a point where the audio and the books are out on the same time. Fucking hell, get shit done. Which is why I'm trying Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Do you have any advice for aspiring female authors? Oh, my God. I'm probably not the 
right person to ask about that. Just write it, put it on <laughs> you, You're like, so yeah, British, it hurts. <laughs> you're so Very British, it hurts. It's like, who the fuck would want to listen to me? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, just yeah, do it, like, just put it, just see what happens. Yeah, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, no one's going to read it, but you've still written a book. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know, like, what, what's the word? Even happen? if you think nobody's going to read it, you might just get a surprise one day and be like, shit, people do read it. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's what do you, what is the, your end goal? Like, if you want to be some, like, massive, famous writer, I do not have the answer for that. I don't know how to do that. But if you want to write a book, then just write it. Perfect. It's not very helpful. wouldn't expect anything, anything else. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's that's fantastic <laughs> advice and I think my favourite that we've received so far. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is true. It's just like, do it. You can't just really explain it. it any better than that. Just do it. Yeah, I just don't really know, like, what's stopping me? What Fuck, you're like... so dry. It's so funny. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> not at all it's amazing (laughs) okay well thank you so much for joining us we're actually taking a two-week hiatus because we deserve a break and we're sick of entertaining all you fuckers out there go do something with your life and stop listening to us i don't know go write a book go write that book um just i've enjoyed it so much it's been such a delight to have as a start to my friday thank you so much for inviting me on here um thank you so much for for coming coming. we fucking loved you lulu more oh i loved it it was so much fun it was so so much fun can i um is it okay if i put the link to this on my website absolutely are you joking totally thank you okay so thank you everyone for joining us bye we'll see you in two weeks two weeks two weeks (laughs) Bye. bye bye Thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn. Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team.